I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hello, everyone. I have the most amazing guest here on my podcast today. It's the fabulous Katie Storino. She is an entrepreneur. She's a body positivity activist, and she is the founder of Mega Babe, which is this hit new line that is taking over the world. So I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, you're one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Me? because Yes. No. Yes, you are. Because you are so straightforward and raw, and you talk about the good stuff and the fun stuff and the frivolous stuff, but also the not good stuff, Um, and I like that. (laughs) I can't help it. I really can't help it. When I first started my Instagram, I had a new model agent, and they told me, you have to button up or brands will never work with you. But I couldn't button up because I, I just can't. I don't know. I can't. I don't have a filter. Um, but then, I mean, maybe that paved the way for you starting your own brand. Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Yeah. I yes. like there's this expression I like that if you um, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So if you don't speak up and join the conversation and like have a part in the conversation, then everybody eats you alive. That's yes. Right. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, you got me with that one. Um, yeah, you kind of have to think about it, <laughs> but then you get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about, so on Beauty Bosses, we like to talk about everything, but one of my favorite things to talk about is entrepreneurship stories. So there's so much that we have to talk about in a short amount of time today, but I wanted to start by having you tell us about the inspiration for Mega Babe and, um, how and why and when you decided to start it. Yeah. Um, Mega Babe, for those of you guys who don't know what it is, it's a, there's no good way to say it. And if you have, if you're like an ad wizard and you're sitting, listening right now and you have like a great category to put this in, please DM me. (laughs) Anyway, um, we are a women's personal care line. Um, and we pretty much cater to issues that are not aesthetic. So boob sweat, we have a product called bust dust which is talc-free, and you can apply it hands-free because it's just a pump. Um, Thigh Chafe was our first issue that we took on. Uh, We have a product called Thigh Rescue, which is the best on the market if you have thigh thigh chafe. Um, Also, women are always like, what's Thigh Chafe? And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think you have it if you don't know what it is. But you have to be there. You have you have to, to be yeah, there. you really got to get it. And it's not a size thing, truly. It's just like your thighs rub together. It's uncomfortable. Maybe it's when you're running. Maybe it's when you're wearing a dress. Um, but it's no big deal. And there really weren't a lot of products in the market that were addressing those issues um, for women in a cute way that was, a, was like allowing you to feel empowered with the solution. Um, it was much more like a man's product or like yeah and I feel like the climate up to that point in personal care was almost denying that those things were even a problem like still yeah I mean it's still we're, we're still pretty much the only game in town when it comes to stuff like that it's us and still like weird men's products yeah it's yeah. like okay to say that you sweat so deodorant is like an acceptable category kind but of it's like yes, kind yes. of not okay yeah. to say that you sweat in certain areas no like, it's not a boob sweat is still something people whisper about 
Um, we we actually we launched uh, something called Beach Paint for Melasma. I really like Beach Paint. That's my personal favorite skew of yours. But thank you very <laughs> much. Skew, you know, <laughs> you know something about that. Um, and yeah, the the Beach Paint I launched because I've been wearing just like these ugly colors to the beach for years to block my melasma. But I I I wanted something cuter, and I wanted something that like either was universally flattering on all skin tones or just like a nice blue color. So we did beach paint in two different colors. Why do you think Mega Babe has um, taken off so quickly? I think because it's a brand that hears women and what they need and makes them feel like someone is getting it and listening to them. And they're like, fuck, finally. Like, I, I can... Like, I don't have to, like, go into the weird men's section to get this product. I don't have to wear little shorts under my dress anymore. Like, I can just go grab this cool thing, like, very accessibly and and use it and feel okay. Yeah, I like how it non-monumentalizes some of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, that are so real and happening, but that, you know, for unclear reasons are taboo to talk about. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's awesome. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, like kind of dovetailing with the launch of Mega Babe, was how you managed to get the world to know about it. Because it's great to start a brand, and you know, I know this. Yes, also. you do. Yeah, <laughs> you just like you start it, like kind of in your mind, then on the back of an envelope, then like ultimately in the real world. But then, how did you? you know, get everybody to find out about it. And so you have, you're having, you're going into retail, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's your big, when are you launching? Well, it's a direct-to-consumer brand. My, my skincare line, Dr. Devin Scientific Beauty, is um, most of our sales are actually direct-to-consumer. And um, we do partner with Violet Gray and a couple of other chic re- retailers. Mm-hmm. And then we're having a big Sephora launch in April. But, um, but I think that, you know, do you guys reach people directly through you or through some of your bigger retailers? It's been very interesting. So we we launched direct-to-consumer. My parents filled the orders out of their garage in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for two years. And we didn't have small amounts of orders. We, like, we really took everyone out of retirement and like everyone came over and like started working for us. Um, and that really helped us save on costs and expenses for the first two years but then also then my parents were like we were working them to the bone and they were like please get this out of our house we had like semi trucks backing up into their driveway to take orders to Ulta and Target which Ulta and Target are two largest retailers um, and we're available at every store nationwide in both of those both of those That's retailers. so big. It's like, big. I, I don't know if everybody listening to this realizes how huge that is, but that is major. It is really big. But once you realize that with that kind of distribution, you realize, holy shit, now my stuff's on the shelf everywhere. It's my job to make sure everyone knows about it. And before, when we were direct to consumer um, or you know, just a little bit smaller in the first year, um, it was much easier to get eyeballs because we had social and we had like me, my own platform and um, and I have friends with great followings and it was just very organic and to date we have spent no money on marketing. But now that I need to reach the woman who has thigh chafe, doesn't know there's a product for it, 
and has never heard of Megabit, has never heard of me, and is barely on Instagram, I need to reach her when she's walking through the Target aisle, which means we have to start doing, like, big, giant marketing campaigns. Yeah, you're going next level. Yeah. Can you share anything about that, or is that more, like, We're TV working on it. I wish I could share something. I wish we had that all set. It, probably, if we were a larger company, that plan would have been set for a year, but since we're small, we're really small, we're self-funded, um, and it's just my sister and my best friend, um, and we have two freelancers who work with us. So we're really tiny. Wow, yes. the whole company is yes. that small. Yeah, that's we're incredible. Real, I know it's very small. So we're all you know overworked, and we're we're working on like growing more and getting and staffing up a bit more. But um, it's harder when when you've got like someone else's money to spend. It's a it's an interesting thing because you can you get the big office, you hire the talent, you get the name. It's like it's become a having. Don't you notice? It's like that? a brand in a box almost. Yes. It's like it's, okay, it, yes. It and is. then you sort of design it on paper. But I really respect what you're doing, and that's actually similar to my ethos. And I feel like, you know, if Kylie built her brand with eight employees, including herself and her is mom. Is that true? That is true. That's incredible. Like, I like, I really Ooh, respect. That makes me respect her I, re- a lot I respect more. the lean yeah. footprint because you do have to be very strategic and you have yes. to eliminate waste. And, like, you know, you don't get the. The fancy Instagramable flower wall in your new HQ. <laughs> you know, you, you, you spend that on something else. You yes. spend that on product or research and development or like you know something a little more feelable for the for the consumer. But the, and that but then also you can't get the maybe you're not getting like the billboard campaign. That's and possible, you're not getting yeah. like you're not doing like a takeover of I don't know like. Whatever you would do a takeover of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're not sponsoring Coachella. Like these yeah. are the these are the downsides. But I like it, and I think that that's why your brand and your persona has more of an authentic flavor. And you know, I totally understand that you're at an inflection point, and you may need to scale and do yeah. some of those more traditional things, which yes. is fine and great. But um, but I just wanted you to know that I've really appreciated yeah, I appreciate watching that. the like authentic growth. It's yes. totally oh, different well, you'll from see what what happened. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen now, and I it's hard. I got to reach Barb. I got to reach Barb in Wisconsin, like that, which is where I'm from. But like yeah. I, that's where I need to reach. Yeah. Um, and that's the tricky part. Yeah. What are you What are you gonna do? I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, it's an interesting question. Like you, all of my um, press and PR has been completely organic. Even like the... Well, everyone loves you. Even, oh, yeah. You're so sweet. But like I, it's a little different for me because what I've been trying to do is um, just put my work into the world and be, um, you know, a little bit more focused on having people know me for my work and my thoughts about medicine and science and plastic surgery and medical aesthetics rather than you know all the different thousand other ways somebody could know somebody so I don't know we'll see what happens I'm very excited (laughs) I think it'll be interesting and working with Sephora will be interesting too yeah Yeah. it's a huge uh, it's a huge inflection point and I think we're sort of at a point where um particularly with regard to skincare um there's in the same way that Instagram is having this return to realness where people don't want filtered photos and they don't want the heavily airbrushed photoshopped stuff. Yeah. Um, I think people are 
kind of increasingly thinking about editing down their skincare routine and like it's not all about the 20-step k-beauty routine anymore it's about the few workhorse medically effective clinically proven products that yeah. will actually get you somewhere and so i think that you know obviously that's what i do every day so that's what i'm thinking about but um, that's i mean that's what i do that's what i'm looking yeah. to do as yeah. little as possible yeah, right? I'm, I, you have to be a minimalist about your routine so you can be a maximalist about your life, right? <laughs> anyway, I want to talk more about you. I'm, you know, I could talk about me all day long, but then that wouldn't be fun. Well, it would be fun for me. Um, <laughs> we already did that on your podcast. I know, I know. You're going to have to, if you want to hear more about Dr. Duggan, then you're going to have to tune into my podcast, which is coming out in a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. Katie's podcast, by the way, just as a non sequitur, is quite amazing. It's called Boob Sweat. She's like a full Spotify um, person. And not only does she tape the podcast at the most beautiful Spotify headquarters at the World Trade Center site, but it's also really cool. And she's talking about incredible issues that nobody else is talking about. Thank you. And I, I record there because they have free snacks. Which, you know... Which you have seltzer, which I'm very happy about. We also have chocolate and mints. Okay. All right, I, so. Oh, I took a mint. Okay. Yeah, I'm All stocking right. up. Okay. Yeah, good. You know. <laughs> um, okay, so the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about was um, the world of modeling. Because um, you have been a model for a lot of different brands, including mm-hmm. some of the you know, most well-recognized brands as well as some more indie startup brands. And I wanted to get your perspective on how modeling has changed in the past decade since you've been kind of in the industry. Oh, I think that when, I think modeling um, 10 years ago was still, you don't talk, you don't have a personality. You're there essentially to absorb the brand messaging and then whatever they need to do to you, they do to you and then you represent them and move on. Um, I think now people are looking for models who have more, I don't know if I can say model behavior, (laughs) like more like um, role models, Mm -hmm. people who stand for something, people who... um, People who are just are, are going to represent them in a way that is more than just a face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's really important. I think also in the plus world, there's been definitely more of like a turn towards, even with the fit models, um, they ask like, how is it, how is this? Would you wear this? Like, is this, where is this uncomfortable? Like, I feel like they're looking much more for opinions now than ever before. Yeah. And that, that's so interesting because, um, you know, I do think that especially when I was growing up, models were almost like a blank slate. They were like a canvas yeah. that stood in the background and you could, it was almost the artistry of the show and the production to make, you know, a statistically beautiful woman who was not, um, a personality necessarily yeah. into anything that you wanted. And it was like, you have a blank canvas, do whatever you want. And now I think that I'm seeing what exactly what you're saying, where people, you know, you know if somebody is a hipster or vegan or if they're, you know, a party animal or if they're more serious or you, you kind of know the perspective that people are bringing to the table. Well, a yeah, bit and it exposes people too that don't have so great of a personality and don't stand for good things and aren't willing to put themselves out there personally. I think it exposes 
social media has done that. It's taken the pretty face and it's put a voice to it. And that's not always, <laughs> that's not always great. You know what? It's just, social media is like a megaphone. It just yeah. amplifies whatever you are. So the people you like in real life, you really like and really consume yeah. on social media. And the people you don't like in real life who are a little annoying are really annoying on social Very media. Very annoying. Or you have like, you, you like them because you like their style or you like them in a movie or you like, you know, but then you follow them and stories are really where people get exposed because like even <laughs> on the feed you can hide it because you're like, hey, like this is my outfit. But then when you get to stories and someone is talking and my least favorite thing, <laughs> get into a rant. Yes. my least favorite thing is when people talk, they just let the camera keep rolling and then you've got like or like five or six yeah, tap throughs more than that like <laughs> just like it's you got like a hundred little dots at the top and you're like what is it with no cap nothing just and I'm like I'm like ma'am this isn't a show like this is not what this no do you remember the Truman Show and how that like became true? I've never seen that. Oh my god yeah. you should watch it I actually was thinking about re-watching it in this era of you know, everything we do being micro, you know, projected onto the world. I will watch it. Yeah. Okay. I will do it. Yeah. I haven't seen it since it first came out, but at the time it seemed like a dystopian fake reality that would never ever happen. Like, and now it's happening. you know, like Penny's computer book from Inspector Gadget. And now here, you know, Oh yeah. it's all come true. Oh, good call. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I love that you're doing is the whole Make My Size campaign. Mm. Is that Did you invent that hashtag? I did. To the best of our knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. Because I see it everywhere, and I really like it. Thank you. I Make My Size is something that I started doing out of frustration because I, um, I gained weight. I went from like a 14 to an 18, and then I thought I was limited for options at a 14. At an 18, like clothes real clothes that I wanted to wear um were it was the wasteland of just like polyester so I I called out Diane von Furstenberg I think was the first person um and all it like it's just me taking in a very unflattering photo of myself with something not fitting me and I'm not trying to call out brands to shame them in a way that is so like such a turnoff it's more of a compliment because I want to wear your clothes and there's lots of women out there who want to wear your clothes too and I think that I don't even think I considered it 10 years ago and mm -hmm. now like I, I'm sure they haven't considered that they have an audience out there that wants to wear the clothes so I'm just trying to show them yeah and I really like it and it's been really effective yes. right yeah DVF launched um, a capsule collection for plus uh four months ago that's so it's so like, cool. that was a year, that was like from call out to collection, that was a little over a year. I like this because with some examples of what I'll refer to as call out culture, yeah. they seem very negative. Which I don't like. Which I don't like either because it's like, you know, blasting somebody for hypocrisies or, you know, things that you don't like about their philosophy, but there's no path forward. No. The thing I like about what you're doing is that there's a clear path forward. It's literally like... Not like, I hate you because you don't have my size. It's literally like, I love your clothes. Yeah. Would you please make my size? Yeah. And then lots of other women will also... Yeah. Yes. So I think that's very cool, too. I know. I really hate call-out culture as well. It feels... It's getting so petty. It's right? getting very petty. And you're right with a no path forward. And it can... 
I think it can ruin lives in a real way that people don't understand. Yeah, I heard a story of, I mean, I guess we could talk about this offline because it's all conjecture, but I heard a story about someone who recently committed suicide because of an incident that was a ramification of call-out culture. Sure, yeah. And that's just like, yeah. oh my God, the, scru- the scrutiny. So that's yeah. that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. What, what do you feel, will you tell people a little bit about your thoughts on the scrutiny of social media and like what how do you how does it make you feel and what's your approach to online trolls oh trolls I usually approach trolls with humor because I don't get that many of them um that's great yeah like now god I'm like always having people tell me to like you know, touch up my Botox and stuff. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Guys, it's smooth. I do it every three months. No way. Yeah. I mean, usually in my DMs. Oh, that's so rude. <laughs> no, yeah, you know what? I don't know why. People don't, they, they don't talk shit to me um, for the most part. Now, now, when I have an article that goes on to, so say I do something where I do a supersize the look and I dress like Meghan Markle or a celebrity. Oh my God, that it, was so cute. That one that got picked up all over the place. Yes, yeah. Oh, this so, is my other favorite hashtag yeah. of yours. Everyone check out supersize the look. She does like cute, the cutest celebrity inspired looks. Um, and you also do the pose that they're in, which is is hilarious. I know. And we take it so seriously and I never really get it right, but we take it very seriously. So with the supersize the looks I do because I want to show women that maybe they're inspired by someone like Meghan Markle style, but they're like, I can't pull that off because I don't have her body. And I'm just trying to show people that style really has no size. Um, which is a hashtag I did not make up, but supersize the look. That's me. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, when one of those articles goes viral, goes viral, gets picked up by press. Um, I there, those are the comments that I'm like, what? Because it's, it's all men. Um, and they're just, and some women, but they're like this beast, this giant one, like, enormous fat blob of a person you need to stop like putting yourself in the internet it's these it's these things and it's almost so mean that it's I find it comical because it's I certainly don't think I'm a I don't know I just how truly unhinged do you have to be to like get on a public forum that will live on in perpetuity and say such horrible things and also and then you always go to their page it's like a normal it's like a dad with daughters and you're like what the fuck yeah can you say fuck Um, yeah we have an explicit rating okay 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 okay. (laughs) i don't know why but just mostly because people say but do you know what i mean you go and you're like what's up or like yeah yeah It seems like a completely nice person, right? And you're like... The other way, when I do get DMs from men, which I do not get DMs from men very often, but if someone's like, you're beautiful, or some like weird, creepy DM, um, you go to their page and they're married. And I think... My point here is that I think often people just do not connect the fact that there's a real person on the other end of the thing. Mm -hmm. It's entertainment. Yeah. And so that's like, they can say whatever they want to you, sexually, like, in rude, they can criticize you, because you, you're not a real person. Yeah. It's weird. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what's going to happen next. What do you think the next big thing is after Instagram? 
IRL stuff because everything goes back. Really? Right? Yeah, like maybe. every yeah. I feel like they will there'll be a push towards like in person stuff. I don't think social media is going away anytime soon, no. but I think it'll start being coupled with more experiential stuff. Yeah. Right? Do you think influencer culture is here to stay, or do you think it's kind of ending? Because it sometimes is starting to seem less authentic to me. I think in influencer culture can be very bad. Like the, you know, the flat tummy tea and the like... See, you know, that I'm like stuff. very far. I like I curate my feed, which is something I encourage everyone to do. Like I curate my feed, so really the only stuff I want, like anything like that, is like not popping up in my life. Yeah. So I don't know about. You've that. taught the algorithm that that's bad. Yeah. Like I just not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't why. know what I'm doing wrong. Even I, you know, maybe like, it's all the hashtag botoxes that's <laughs> sending me all this crap I don't need. No, I'm. You know what? I listen to. Um, I, I listened to a friend of yours has a podcast and I listened to it and it was, uh, it was very negative about the body. Oh, and so podcast? I, I don't want to say it out loud, okay, right. but like, I, but I'm saying what, I, what I'm saying is when I step out of my little bubble, yeah. then I'm like, Oh, this is like diet culture. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's shape tape. It's just things that like, I'm not into yeah life is way too short for that which actually I wanted to talk to you about also because I love that you are a proponent of body positivity but but not in what I would consider the sometimes a little bit of the more limited way that I see it in some places like you know I personally think that body positivity and wanting to present your best self to the world are not mutually exclusive and I'm not sure how you feel about this, but when I see your images of like, you know, high fashion and, you know, glam and also realness um, in the context of body positivity, I feel like that gives people permission to be three dimensional. So I just wanted to get your take on whether you think body positivity and things like, you know, traditional quote beauty are mutually exclusive or if you think they can coexist. Let me understand your question. Can you be body positive and still do things to be more beautiful? Yeah. Can you be body positive and still, you know, pluck your eyebrows, oh. get Botox, Let's, get your breasts okay. done, Let's you talk know, about have it. plastic surgery? Yes, girl. Let's talk about it. This is, a, this is one of my favorite topics that I don't really talk about that often, but it is absolutely something I believe in. I think it is total bullshit to look at someone and say, how can you be body positive and still get Botox or still whatever? Like, I'm like, bitch, you, you're wearing mascara. Like your eyelashes aren't good enough for you. Like it's these, you know what I mean? It's these, like, it's this asinine way of thinking about well it totally stuff. dichotomizes people like are we really that simplistic that we have to be either all black no. or all white like can no. we exist in the gray area you want to get a boob job get a boob job you want to get a nose job get a nose job the thing about it is that it's just not gonna make it's not gonna make you happy well it's not gonna change and i actually think this is something that i like to emphasize to my patients it's literally not going to change anything about the facts of your life uh-uh. it won't save your relationship it won't nope. prevent you from it won't like get you the job you want it nope. won't prevent you from from, you know, losing, falling out of touch with the people that you love or, you know, it won't make you popular. No, it won't. But if every day 
you feel good about yourself. You're like, I know what I got here. Like, you're a generally happy, grounded person. And you're like, but I know I got a nose that doesn't go with my face. And I want to change that because I think I would look better with a smaller nose. Fine. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I, like, and accept, such a believer. It, accept it for what it is and not more than that, but also not less than that. It's, you know, it's the same way that... You know, if you want, you can get bangs. Or if you want, you can wear flats or heels yeah. or sneakers or nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that one thing that um, you and I both have in common is that neither one of us, if, and I'm going to speak for you, but you can jump Please in do. and tell me if yeah. I'm wrong. It'll be awkward, but feel free to do that. <laughs> um, but I think that we both um, think that we should give other people the freedom to be how they want with their own bodies and their own yes. lives. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. We're kind of, I'm the body and you're the face. We're unbeatable. Do We're you know an what unstoppable I mean? team. Right? Maybe we should get some kind of superhero franchise. I feel going. like, yes, because I feel like with like, I feel like, I feel like, like a licensing I'm, deal. If I got you feeling good about your body and then we're getting you feeling good like 100% about your face. Yeah. Right? Then there's nothing you can't no, do. No, there's nothing you can't do. Yeah. We'll have to get oh. someone in here to like also make you smart and nice. That would be like the, <laughs> the four things. <laughs> so we're working on that, that you guys. Yeah, that's probably going to be harder. Um, well, can you please tell everybody where to find you yeah. and connect with you? Sure. I'm at Katie Storino on Instagram or at Megababe on Instagram. Um, and you can find Megababe products at Target, Ulta, or on our website. Unfortunately, my parents do not pack the orders anymore. But we still always appreciate an order Thanks, from Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. Um, and you guys really have to follow her. She's one of these rare gems who is literally more likable in real life and on social media than in the first impression, which is the opposite of most people. That's true. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay.